What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema, a movie podcast, where our motto is, we just hope it doesn't suck. This is episode 315, broken up into two parts, A and B. 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 Thank you. 315A, posting on January 31, will be a discussion on Plane with Gerard Butler. And 315B, posting on February 3rd, will be a discussion on The Last of Us, episode 2 from HBO Max. I am one of your hosts, Grayson mercenary maxwell joining me as does every week is my co-host roger captain stillion and our lovely perma guest chris we're stranded on a desert island bond could it maybe the plane no right, you whatever. are stranded on a desert island not in like no, a cool sexy way but like in a murdering mercenaries are going to kill you kind of way how does that I make you do. feel i mean I, I i pay good money for that stuff that is also time. sexy yeah right <laughs> what's up guys how was your week gentlemen what did you get into uh, my week was busy. Uh, my personal, like, well, not my personal, but like my work life exploded. Some things changed at like the company I work for now. So that's been fun. So super busy during the week. And then I went to Columbus uh, with my wife and we had a little a weekend together, had some fun in Columbus and then came back home today. So there you go. Busy, okay. busy, busy. Very good. So uh, you, you, Roger? I drank your Christmas presents and... <laughs> Uh, then I made beer with my buddies. Nice. <laughs> Very cool. How are the Christmas presents? Remember, you're, you're supposed to lie to me because they were so, expensive. Uh, with yours, they're fucking high octane. Yeah. <laughs> they are. Ooh. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> they are dark brews. Uh-huh. And I still have one of your bottles left. You're welcome. Because if... <laughs> Buddy. <laughs> well, I'm glad I could come through in some way. So good. Uh, good. Good. I did. Uh, Started. I made a batch of beer with me and my buddies, so it'll be ready in a couple of weeks. Is this your first time? Never done it before. Yeah. Okay. So my buddy that was in charge of the whole thing, operation, he, he had done it multiple. He had all the stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. You know, we cool. had a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, we boiled stuff in a pot and then put more stuff into a pot and then put ice in it and then we drank beer. Nice. <laughs> what? Uh, what? And fl- ate pizza. What flavors is it going to be? So it's it's a light. It's a blonde ale okay. that we made. Ooh, I like with, blonde like, ales. Yeah. So. I got to pick that Not out. Not women, Grayson. I like that. I got to pick that out. So yeah. Okay. That sounds exciting. It was it was actually neat. Yeah. Um it'd be cool to create that, you know what I mean? So for what it cost, it might I mean, we'll see in a couple of weeks how it actually turns out. But I guess if you had it and could do it all the time, it would be mm-hmm. nifty to be able to pull that off. I live right down well, I lived, so uh I right down the street from a a place that was like used to be just like a guy was brewing some stuff like right in his br- in front yard it's called high tower now but mm-hmm. it's huge now. now it's like a real and he brewery. just started like you know brewing some stuff with some buddies mm-hmm. started selling it to guys he knows and now he's like that family makes a killing with that it's always busy it's it, well, they're, it's the, nice they're the biggest single brewery in the valley yeah it's not even close no. <laughs> so it, it's pretty cool like you know the idea of like to create that kind of stuff would be neat so good for you, buddy. Yeah, hey, it was fun. Yeah, I mean, listen, it won't be a regular thing for me. But... No, no. I mean, you, 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 could, you could, you know, hold up a candle empire and a brewery empire. At the I same mean, time. It, all I can say, it was really fun to get together with my buddies and make beer and drink beer and eat pizza. Cool. So yeah, right, that right. was fair enough. Fair that enough. was fine. What kind of pizza was it? Delicious. I think I don't know, like fucking Domino's or some shit. Oh, see, I, okay, okay. Unpopular opinion. I love Domino's pizza. I love it. <clears throat> a lot of people don't like it. Chris, how do you feel about Domino's pizza? Domino's is my household favorite. My 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 oldest daughter loves Domino's and will fight tooth and nail to make sure we have Domino's on pizza night. So, so look, I'm not the guy. That, I'm not some like pizza fucking snob. elitist here. Yeah, 
Like there have been plenty of times in my life a five dollar hot and ready's been the best uh, thing that I've ever eaten. Yeah. I'm serious about that. A little Caesars at the right time. It'll hit you different. It does. It does, right? Uh now I'm gonna go get one after the show. Son see, of a there you go. Man. See. Look, but they're not they're not five dollars anymore. Now they're like six ninety nine, which is listen. And there's definitely not five dollars when you go get the deep dish, because that is fire. Just remember it is, it is if good. you have the choice. Go square always because mm-hmm. it's more pizza per box ratio. Which is true. I used to work in a pizza place. That yeah. is true. Interesting. I always, you know, I just there's there's been a couple of articles recently that pop up on Sony computers. You have to go through their internet. So like I don't I have my own laptop with me, my MacBook, so I can look up what I want to look up. I don't want to do anything on the Sony computer, but I, there's, I, I have a I have a VPN on my work stuff. I I understand. Oh, fair enough. Well, so when you when you click a new page, they have a bunch like Sony approved articles. It's like their own internet. <laughs> anyway, like there's been a lot of articles about why pizza boxes are round lately and not square because, mm. or no, why they're square and not round because pizzas are round. And it's like I don't know why I enjoy reading those so much, but I do. And it's just like useless yeah, facts that yeah, never got Imagine if they could. Imagine if they filled the box with the pizza. You know what I mean? I know how much pizza you'd yeah. have? So yeah, much. If I pizza. get you. At least that much more. So so then with that question, I guess I'll lead to the next natural question is, what is your least favorite of the major pizza joints? I'll go first. I think Papa John's, if it burnt down to the vampire ended today, I'd be fine. Uh, I love Papa John's too. Papa John's and Domino's are neck and neck for me, but it depends. Because Papa John's is way more expensive too. So the thing is, I got no real beef with Papa John's. Just to me, it's only okay. No beef but, with the pop. But, well, but here's the thing though. I will, I will be serious. <clears throat> When Papa John's was first becoming like a national thing, if they didn't have garlic sauce, they would have died. Because look, now everybody's got garlic sauce and it's all the same. (laughs) So like whatever code that they had, they cracked it and now their pizza is only okay. But for me, the like the big chain wise, like I'm not a Pizza Hut guy. Like it's not. okay. no, I don't. Okay, I agree with you, Roger. I'm not huge on Pizza Hut at all, actually. I, don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll eat it if it's in front of me, but I, it's not my first choice. Pizza Hut leaves me feeling weird. I don't know if I hate it's it. It's because like it's it. so damn greasy. It is for real. Yeah, like theirs is like yeah. And like my local pizza place, which is like fairly large mm-hmm. in our area here, yeah, started sure. in my town, is oven fried pizza, mm-hmm. much like uh, the Pizza Hut pan style. Mm-hmm. It's not nearly as greasy as that. Yeah, so, so I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Interesting. It's, it's very greasy. So. Mm-hmm. This has been Pizza Talk. Hey, listen, I can talk about pizza a lot, (laughs) mostly because I'm a fat shit. Pizza's good. So when I spent a year in Chicago working on the shy, I I, I realized two things. If you went to, because Chicago has so many local breweries. We're talking like, I mean, not hundreds, but I mean, above a hundred, but below hundreds. So, I mean, they have I mean, so many. Milwaukee's right there. So it it's is, like, it is. that's like the beer capital of America. And when you went to one of these breweries, I always thought it was impressive how like you saw the big distillery and like all the equipment set up with everything being made. And you could watch the process. But if you ordered like, if you got up to the bar and you were like, can I have a Bud Light? They would just look at you like, what, why? They'd serve it to you because they want to make money. But they'd be like, don't you want one of the 50 local brews that we have here? So I learned that when you go to a place that is, you know, a beer center of the States, you don't order you don't order a domestic um, national beer. Order one of those. And also pizza in Chicago. If Domino's is like... Deep dish fight. You don't... Because like Giorgiano's is amazing. And they have a couple other chains that are like Chicago pizza that are fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But like they don't go most places outside of Chicago and, and like the really big cities. So not, not, not even... I don't think Pittsburgh has like a... Like a central... Like a, like a one of those deep dish... Like really bad for you, but delicious pizza. I just don't think that it has one. But there are a lot of chains in Pittsburgh that are great. But I learned that when you're in a big city, 
Drink the beer there and drink the pizza there. That's well, no. well look, I'm not a Bud Light stand, but legitimately one out of every four beers sold in the world is, is Bud, Light. Bud Light. Yep. So God, good for them, man. I mean, what fucking power do you have? <laughs> <laughs> you know what it was one one thing I will say is um every beer sold every single time is a Bud Light. <laughs> so one thing I will say before we move on is like they have great like they have great um marketing and marketing. One of my favorite things they've ever done, um, Budweiser, is the Real Men of Genius. Do you guys remember those? Mm-hmm. Real oh, yeah. Men of Genius. Like, I thought some of those were so fucking clever and so funny. And I, I, I have the CDs on my – like I have those in my CD collection back from the day. But um, those are so funny. And like, man, the amount of times at college, my friends and I would just sit around listening to those, drinking Bud, Budweiser and Bud Light would just be almost like three or four times a week. It's incredible. Love that. This has been Pizza and Beer Talk. (laughs) (laughs) All right, gentlemen. What say we start the show? Yes. Yes. All right. This is episode 315 of For the Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema, which posts each and every Tuesday and Friday at 5 a.m. on Podbean, which then distributes to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Each and every week, we start with the box office current and upcoming releases, what streaming trailers and movies of the week. Without further ado, let us take a look at the box office, which, again, for week number seven, Avatar still on top by $5 million, 15.7 domestic, at $2.116 billion. That makes me so happy. It's actually gaining friction again in, in the international territories, Good. which is great. Which is So it's, one point, it's almost at $1.5 billion for international. The entire Top Gun budget, or the entire Top Gun gross is international, and six hundred and twenty. For domestic, so thirty percent and seventy percent split there. Interesting. That's about right. The world is still digging Avatar, which I've seen a lot of negativity lately about Avatar, um, and people saying that it doesn't deserve it. I maybe I mean again, maybe don't bet against James Cameron. Maybe maybe just don't do that. It's just it's bad bet. Don't 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 do that. He's gonna he's always gonna be at the top of the chain. But we've we've talked a lot about that movie. Number two, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Last Wish, and you guys will be happy. Ten point six million. However, a three hundred and thirty four worldwide. Did you think this movie was going to get to over three hundred? Oh no, no, but it's good as hell. It is. Fan- I mean, it's right up there with some of the best animated movies in a decade. So, woo doggy. Number three, A Man Called Otto, still kind of sitting stale at number three. Six point eight million, bringing its worldwide to seventy point nine million. Box office is definitely pick, picking up in the States, which is great. Megan, number four, 6.4 million domestic, bringing us worldwide to 146. And Chris, what did you say the budget for that was? Like 15? Less than 15? Yeah, yeah it's 15 million. That's got to be a win for them. Oh, 100% is. And number five, a movie called Pathan, P A T H A A N, 5.9 million, bringing us worldwide to 8.5 million. An Indian spy takes on the leader group, the leader of a group of mercenaries who have nefarious plans to target his homeland. That's the description. LOL what? <laughs> well, it's just, you know, international movies are coming bigger, and we just haven't heard of that one. But there's the box. I was super glad that Avatar is doing well. So keep in mind that Avatar, $1 billion for one, two, three, four, and 5, has made its budget back times 2 in the first movie. So the rest of it is just pure profit. The, these next four movies, pure profit. Pure profit. And they're all going to yeah. be over a billion dollars. I mean, wouldn't, isn't that safe to say? Uh, well, so I mean, I think I think that this movie 
definitely is going to... I think this will be its stronger showing out of the, like, the next two, most likely. Just because it has come back after such a long time. So the people that were hungry for it got it. I don't know, you know, if it will carry that momentum into the next film, though. Not quite as hard. I This movie will probably stop it top four for all-time gross, right? Probably. Because it, it's not going to dethrone Avengers. So it'll, it'll, it might pass up its own film in Titanic. So it'll be one Avatar, two Avengers, Endgame, three Way of Water, or Titanic. So either way. But he's I don't got think... three of the top four then, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if, if, this one, if this one makes it into that, yeah. Which it probably will. It, it, it's it's gonna it's, it's gonna make trending that. to do that. Yeah. Yes, Good. I don't think the next one will dethrone any of the top five that's in there right now. I don't think it'll beat out Top Gun. Well, we'll we'll see. I know that because I know I just saw an article again on those weird Sony articles. I saw that they're trying to open up an entire market that has never had movies in the in the Eastern European block. Like they're 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 talking something like seven hundred million people. Um, haven't had access to Hollywood films before, and they're trying to get movies into that block. So that could also be a huge difference. That's a lot of people spending money. I think we should focus on Greenland in the Arctic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, by the way, I just watched Greenland with Gerard Butler this week, and that's a surprisingly interesting movie. I, I wanted, I, I meant to talk about it before we started, got into the show Make proper. It a sequel. But, yeah, but that I forgot how good and how fun that movie is. Again, Gerard Butler, but we'll talk fun more about when that. He we'll buries a fucking claw hammer into the side of the guy's <laughs> dome. Fun. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't say fun. He. <laughs> I mean, he That's has regret. He just killed that man. <laughs> he has. He has regret. If that matters, he has a regret. Well, there's the box office. Not not a whole lot has changed. Um, we haven't had a lot of movement in the box office lately, though, only because we haven't had a lot of releases. Nope. And we'll go through another week next week with very little change. Yeah. I think that's been another one of uh, Avatar's big advantages. That like nothing, everything was so afraid of it. I feel that yeah. it just it, it came out. It picked a time of year that's usually kind of bad, or let or that leads into something kind of bad. Which I I I, I understand the first of uh, Avatar movie was like that too, right? It came out around the same time of year. Yes, yeah. it said summer eighteenth. It did. Yeah, yeah. So so like it picked a good time. No one wanted to come out around it. No one's putting things out, and that. As has only helped this movie make the money it has, which is smart by them, hundred percent. Yeah, traditionally January is pretty weak. Yep. So, so to to lead to have all of January to keep on just breaking in money, there's nothing wrong with that. No, but not think, at all. But I, I mean, think yeah, Avengers it, came out in April, so they did it kind of in a different way. So, mm-hmm. but the Avengers was on the back end of that. Like they were on the okay, everyone's ready for stuff again. Let's let's do this. But I mean, Maybe. like Avengers had a it could it didn't matter when that was coming out. It was going to do that kind of money. No matter what, because that you know twenty whatever movies lead lead up to it, mm-hmm. yeah, it was going to do that money regardless. Oh yeah. All right. This past week, let's get to recent release. This past week, January twenty seventh, Fear, Infinity Pool. Which there's some stuff about that one online. If you want to read about that, go check that one. And Shotgun Wedding on Prime. Yes. February third, which is a Friday. Eighty for Brady. Knock at the cabin. February tenth. Magic Mike's Last Dance, Titanic Remastered. James Cameron wants to keep those top spots, that's for sure. February 15th, which is a Wednesday, oddly enough. Marlowe, and then Marlowe goes to making zero money on February 17th with Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. February 24th, Cocaine Bear, The Jesus Revolution, and Mummies. The um, That's an interesting week, that's for damn sure. Coca-Cana? Coca-Cana. Let's talk about March 3rd. Actually, let's talk about some pictures from Cocaine Bear, some social media stuff that's going around for Cocaine Bear, Roger. Let's, uh, I know that you love those 
reportedly is 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 that stuff real is that like, kind of like a joke for like promoting no, that's, the movie that's that's 100% real trail cam caught that bear out in Colorado um it, they got a notice that it was full because it takes like 600 pictures or whatever and like 450 of them were the same bear that kept walking back and forth <laughs> and looking at it taking glamour which, photos yep which is hilarious awesome cocaine bear is among us march 3rd creed 3 march 10th champions scream 6 march 17th 65 Inside Shazam Fury of the Gods, uh, February, sorry, March 24th, John Wick Chapter 4, another huge one. March 31st, Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves, Spinning Gold. And the first two weeks of April are On a Wing and a Prayer. And that's what? that's Friday, sorry, that's of April 5th, Wednesday. April 7th, Friday is Chevalier, The Pope's Exorcist, and the Super Mario Bros. movie. Safe to say that Mario Bros. is going to bury everything around it for at least two or three weeks. Yes. Yep. The next Maybe two weeks so is well. See, the next two weeks after Mario is Renfeld, nope, and Evil Dead Rise. Which again, I don't think. Many I mean, look, those might be fun for. movies. They ain't gonna make no fucking money. No, it's mm-hmm. not. And then April twenty eighth brings us. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Nope. Well, we, we don't think that one will do. <laughs> I, I mean, look. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it it all rests on if people love the book enough to flock to the theater. That's what. Not as much about. as they love playing Mario. That's true. <laughs> See, this spring's going to be interesting because Mario... I, I wonder if Mario coming out April 7th is going to be... Because then the next big release, and Chris, you might be able to attest to this more, is Guardians. That's on the 5th, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume So 3. it has a whole month just to destroy. Yeah, yeah. It, it does. Not like Avatar, that had a couple of, but... True, has, so but here, but in I May... Mean, legitimately, that's four consecutive weeks where it should have no competition. Yeah, zero, zero competition, complete dominance. But then early, so early May is Guardians. Then we have the book club too, the next chapter, nope. which who cares? And then I don't mean who cares. I mean, I'm sure there's people out there that no, enjoy I mean, it. Who but cares? Yeah, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> by, by, by who cares? I mean, who cares? And May 19th, Fast 10. And then May 26th. Fast 10, your fucking seatbelt, son. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. Oh, man, Roger. Hell okay, yeah, and then brother. May 26th <laughs> is. About my father, the Little Mermaid, and the Machine—all of those. And then June second is Spider-Man across Spider-Verse. I don't know if I would have kept Spider-Man there. Is that the same movie? What? Uh, the across what, what, what about the Spider-Man across the universe? Is that that? That's not a re-release of the first one, right? That's, that's the, the new one. one. Okay. Yeah, that's 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 the sequel. But Pete and his baby. Again, again, the the very next week of June is Transformers: Rise of the Beast, which will do something. Uh, the week it'll make money. The week after that, The Flash and Pixar's Elemental both on the same day. Ooh, wow. doggy! Um, and then what a fucking stack three weeks, man. And yeah. well, and then Dang. It gets, and then June twenty third is No Hard Feelings, and then that's it. So June twenty third is a free week, and then the June thirtieth. What is that? I don't. I mean, these are movies that I'm sure haven't even cemented in okay 100 yet. And then June 30th is Harold and the Purple Crayon, a movie I just worked on, and Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which will destroy Harold and the Purple Crayon 100. <laughs> if if anyone even cares about Indiana Jones, which at this point I think is a toss up, because the fourth one was just such a disappointment. Uh, and yet, I guess if we're going, Insidious Five is in July, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning. This is a tough spring summer to compete with. There's just it's just every almost every week is something big. 
we'll see what happens. I really hope. Look, if this if this year is another bad year for cinema, it's not looking good for theater nope, attendance. I think I think this is going to be a great year. I sure hope so. Oh, and let's not forget about the Meg Two, the Trench, <laughs> and Teenage Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem in August. The Trench is what I call your mother. Ah! Wow, this is the rated rated R version of this story. All right, I well, so that was very, I've already said fuck four times. That was very PG thirteen, <laughs> sir. I have a question. So yeah. we we're talking about. I want to talk about Mario again for one more minute, and then we we'll be done with Mario. We t- mentioned about like there's no there's no other movies coming out right, but then it leads into Guardians. When's the next kids movie scheduled to come out after Mario launches? Oh, I already closed the window. I don't think that there was a whole lot. Was I don't there? think there. I think I think it was a quite a quite a bit. Of Harold distance. and the Purple Crayon is supposed to be. I mean, it's a book about a kid. So I mean, okay. I, I don't. But, like, I'm like, talking about like animated kids yeah, yeah. movie. I didn't. Oh, el- didn't uh, Elementals. Guardians. Elementals, right? That's in late April. That's late April and. So it's doing that thing that bad guys did where there was just no other kids movie out forever. And it just kept on making money week after week. Yeah. So not on top of it being Mario and then not having any real competition until Guardian until Guardians comes out. There's still no other kids movie. So like unless you're going to see the Guardians movie like as a family. And Guardians will be rated PG-13. It will be. It will are. be. So unless you're po- unless you're going to see Guardians with like, you know, the younger kids, moms and, you know, they're taking their kids to the movie theaters. They're going to go pick Mario. So it's got legs because of that. It could make a lot of money. I mean, that's I'm sure that was strategically planned for Mario. I mean, look, they're they're not stupid. Well, I mean, you can't you can't control when other when other you know studios put out films and stuff. It's well, just it's following. Well, it's, I think it's you can. Good I, if, there is a system, Chris, and you have Mario. You can. <laughs> well, so Chris, I know that at one time I knew what the system was. How it. I knew at one time I I've forgotten, but I knew there was there was a more scientific method behind this. It's not just oh let's do that. It's you know different times of the year cost more money. It's yeah. same with tra- trailer spots. The the yeah. trailers you see when you first sit down, the lights first dim are the cheap trailers. The closer you get to the actual movie starting, the those are the more expensive slots for trailers to be put in. That yeah. I'm sure is probably still the same. Although today's streaming, who knows how that's been you know renegotiated in contracts, mm-hmm. but. So there we go. There's, I mean, this is a very busy spring, summer, not really a busy winter, but we're getting into that. And before we get into what's streaming, gentlemen, let's take five minutes and go over the Oscar nominations for the upcoming March Oscars 2023. What say you? Yes. Thank you. All right. Let's talk about Best Picture. I'm just going to run, run through. Ten All, nominations for Best Picture. Ten, by the way. I can remember when there was five back in the day when there was. I mean, it wasn't even that long ago. Back All right, in my day. <laughs> All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar: The Way of Water, The Banshee of Inisherin, Elvis, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, Women Talking. So, a couple of points, Roger. I think you have one talking point you want at least wanted to make. I do. You want me to go first then? Yeah, please. The fuck is Triangle of Sadness? <laughs> it continues so, the Hollywood tradition of those movies that come out in one theater, seen by a thousand people, nominated. So, legitimately, right? When we were we were talking about this before the show, we actually did show prep today. Congratulate us! Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> us. look behind the curtain. <laughs> so we, we were talking because legitimately, we we try to make sure we cover most of the Oscar movies by the time the Oscars roll around. And one of the things we do for the Oscars is we kind of hang out here all night, eat pizza, watch the show, and then we do like a live or like a quick recording afterwards. Last year, it was 
a bit more exciting than usual because I, I feel maybe like, hypothetically I, someone slapped someone in the face. Allegedly. I feel like my first experience doing the Oscar night with the show is going to be terribly different this year compared to last year. Yeah, Man. far less excitement. Oh, um, now, that being said, right, we're sitting here, we're going through the nominations. And so obviously we know what the big ones with like Top Gun and Avatar and even for a lesser extent, Elvis. And you know, we were talking about what movies we need to see. And obviously we, we talked about we need to talk about everything everywhere all at once mm-hmm. because it has legitimately like 11 or 12 nominations. Yeah, that's a lot, like a lot, a lot. And then we come to Triangle of Sadness. OK, this movie legitimately I had never heard of. I have a movie podcast. I watch 250 movies a year. Legitimately. Minimum. Minimum 250. Never heard of this movie. <laughs> and turns out this movie made $21 million back in October. That's it. <laughs> I'd never seen the trailer for it. Huh. Nothing. And the weirdest part is, and listen, you know, I, I've made it a point to say Rotten Tomatoes isn't the be-all, end-all thing. Yeah. But the Rotten Tomatoes score for this movie is only 72, and its Metacritic is only 63. Okay, yeah, but something so, that has, you know... But that, that's only, at best, middling critic, critical acclaim. Yeah. Where but did this come from? Best picture, though. Right, yeah! <laughs> now, hold, hold, hold on. Elvis, which also came out to extreme middling reviews... Is also nominated for Best Picture. So exactly, which is weird. You know that one I didn't entirely agree with either. But at least I had heard of that movie. <laughs> well, yes, and so the Woody Harrelson is in. Um, excuse me, Triangle, Triangle of Sadness. And I'll, I'll read to you the description: A fashion model celebrity couple join an eventful cruise for the super rich. Oh, I have a That's better the, description than that. The better description I have says. Carl and Yaya, a couple of influencers, are invited to a luxury cruise ship alongside of a group, a group out of touch wealthy, a group of out of touch wealthy people. The situation takes an unexpected turn when a brutal storm hits the ship. <laughs> I thought it was going to be some kind of comedy, but that's not a comedy. It says comedy drama. Oh, drama comedy. <laughs> well, well, okay, okay. You know, okay. Honestly, I've, you know, why is because um, what was the, what one last year? What was that? Um, the deaf Dakota. Coda was also kind of a comedy comedy drama. But Coda was excellent. Yeah, Coda was. I mean, look, I if you go. I mean, it's probably too late now because they've been changed. But if you go back and look at the Metacritic for Coda and the Rotten Tomatoes, um, how what is that? What do they say now? I'm sure they've been changed because it won. But I mean, I mean, look, who knows why this was, um, why this was nominated? But we'll find out when we when, when we when we catch it. So. We'll definitely yeah, find so that one that I, I at least have to check that out because I'd never heard of it. Yeah. And it's rare that something like gets any kind of a claim like that that we haven't even heard of. Yeah. Especially now. It's not like a few years ago when Moonlight won when it made like 18 American dollars. <laughs> so that's true. Oh, and it won when it won when it when it falls. Well, when the La La Land was announced and then Moonlight was the true winner. Yeah, that was the debacle. Yeah. So. All right. So well, the one thing that's I want I got to say about that, I wanted to ask a question about. Well, about about Elvis being nominated, and I don't. This the thing is, Elvis came out to extreme middling reviews. So, if Elvis is nominated, just hear me out. Does that cheapen the nominations for other things that may actually deserve to be on that list? Elvis has the same critic score as the Triangle of Sadness movie, and it has a ninety four percent user score. Interesting. It does. So it, it, it's one of those things where, like it, it and. 
I just want to make sure that, that like like that's out there. But even with that, it doesn't. I don't think it matters. Like what you like what, what like what you're saying about does it cheapen the nomination process? I think that it's fair to say that the nomination process has been around for a long time, and it may it may even be outdated. Dare I say? Because hmm. who decides these things? What where does this come from? This isn't like a unanimous popularity thing, or people voting on this, or ex or the entire world of critics voting on this. No, this is a a select group of people saying these are the movies you should be seeing. Like, True, it's, well, it's right, a little right, different. yeah. So it, you can say, does it cheapen the process? Maybe, but also I think the process may be a little old, you know, and a little and, outdated on the way it does things. Up but until all, a couple years ago, up until a couple years ago, there was everyone on that committee was probably had a lot in common. Is what I'm saying, but <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> all right, so wait, 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 just, I mean, like, I don't think it cheapens the process because you know, film is film, and it's all subjective. It's what it's, you know, when you view it as a, as someone that's going to watch this, you decide if you like it, you see it and you're supposed to absorb it and then draw your own conclusions on what you believe like that piece of art did for you, you know, well, or the, showed you or whatever. My, my thesis since I've been a teenager has always been film is not nearly as subjective as we think it is. Now that's coming from, that's coming from me, but I, I mean, especially lately when, I mean, it just, Social media platforms have given everybody a voice, and for 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 good or for ill, and w- whether you know you think this show is bad or you like it, you listen to it, or you think it's terrible, wh- whatever your thing is. I mean, the thing is, I started the show because I mean, I have an intense f- passion for film, and I work in film. I found my way into the industry, and damn it, I'm working in it. Um, so, but I've always thought that film is not nearly as subjective as people may think. Uh, and Chris, there's a lot of discussions that you and I have had lately that helped me to strengthen that uh, thesis. And I'll, I'll go into that in a later detail. There's an episode coming up that I want to talk about that more in. But mm-hmm. so, my, so my 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 question is this. And I and and I know this might be a funny question, to people. And and I don't mean it to be, but I mean I kind of do mean it to be a real question. Is Top Gun Maverick? Does it really have a chance? Okay. No. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a separate way. Yeah. Should it have a chance? Yes. Yes. It should. But will it as a whole well, thing? Again, who's, see, who's deciding these things? I want to not I want to bring up a couple of things in question. So lately, so even I won't even say lately the picks are whatever they are, for whatever reason they are, fine. But I want to go all the way back to 2000, 2007, I think it was 2007 with the 2006 movies um when what's the Scorsese movie that won DiCaprio Departed. Uh, Departed, Departed one. Uh, Scorsese won that. A lot of people will say, and it even came out later with some controversy, is he was owed. So no matter what came out, so even if the the movie of the the best movie ever delivered by the deities from above came out, it was still always going to be The Departed. So go back as far as you want to go back to you know things being given to whatever for whatever reason. We're in that age right now. So I want to say. Top Gun Maverick is universally loved, has an incredibly high rating. Everyone seems to love it. No one really, unless you were trying to be a troll, no one really had, although there are massive plot holes, I get it, but when, when the, when what's at stake right now is getting people to the seats to watch movies, would Top Gun Maverick be that bad of a choice? No, I'm I'm asking earnestly because I think it honestly has every bit of reason to be on that list as any of those other movies. 
No, listen, I got no problem with Top Gun Maverick. Obviously, I loved it. I thought it was a great movie. The problem is, though, when it comes to Oscars and critical acclaim and stuff like that, it tends to be, and Avatar is going to fall into the same bucket because it is also nominated, and it's fine. Movies that are very successful never win Best Picture. They never have. So for two of them to even be nominated to me is kind of crazy. Because, like, listen, we, between those two movies combined, they are worth more than every other movie made on that list. Well, no, I mean, that's not. I mean, well, think about just Top Gun before, you know, okay. I know Avatar has since passed it up. If Avatar hadn't been nominated, okay, Top Gun Maverick by itself made more money than all the other movies combined. At least. I mean, more than double. Yeah. So for it to even be listed there is just, it's wild to me. Because generally they just don't get nominated, good or bad. Like it doesn't, there doesn't seem to be any consistency to it. They just don't make any money. Now, obviously, there are movies in here that I have yet to see, and that's why we were actually discussing it beforehand, trying to plan out because we do try to see most of yeah. these. Um, but it's just like, where do some of these movies come from? What do you have to do to get nominated? Like, what is the baseline criteria? Like, I have no idea anymore. I just yeah. don't. So, like, it's I guess it's it's hard this year too because like you compare the movies that you're seeing on that list and like comparing them, it's like there should be a through line you can kind of guide with to kind of see you know okay this is why all these movies are here. They have this. They have this or these elements that make them best picture nominees, right? But with these ones we have on here. When you include movies like Top Gun and you include movies like Avatar, there's no more through line. There's no commonality amongst them all because you can't say success. You can now say, well, it includes success, but you can't say it's the success of the film that makes it, you know, an, you know, a, a contender. Now it's even more scattered throughout, you know, what you think the thought process is. So I don't know if it's just personal picks, you know, that people get to make and then like, you know, they make it up on this board. I I believe probably there's some transparency that would help with this, you know, exact question. If, you know, that we knew the thought process and, you know, the idea behind having the nominees that you do, because nominations are worth, aren't worth nothing. You know what I mean? Nominations are a big deal. Sometimes, you know, it's close to the value of winning best picture because you can say, you know, when your movie is going to be put to a streaming platform, you can tell HBO, Hey, do you want you want to? Do you guys want to buy right to this movie? Yeah, sure. How much? Well, we want this much because it, it's a best it's a best picture nominee, you, and you can say that. Yep. Yeah. So like, it's actually worth something to get that nomination, even when you don't win. Well, say, same with people. It's even to be nominated for best for best supporting or even you know best lead. It's like that's yeah. a big because then in front of their name always is Oscar nominated so yep. and so. So yeah. But so Roger, I want to. You said the popular ones never, but like I mean, Return of the King, Titanic. Like those are the two most popular of that year, and they both won through the roof. The most sure. Oscars ever won, they tied for. So, oh, but so okay, so but well, let's talk about Return of the King. Those are exceptions to the rule, though. So, too. but Return of the King was nominated for more Oscars than any film ever has been nominated for. Wasn't it tied for Titanic though? What didn't they? Didn't they both know. win? Didn't they both win the same amount? No, no, it was nominated for okay, more nominated, than anything. Okay. So, listen, I don't, I don't want to be a numbers guy here, but to be nominated that many times, you're bound to bring in a few extra categories, right? Of course. So, but I mean, stuff like that has to factor in as well. It's just critically, though, they don't ever seem to match up to, you know, financial success. 
you know, we talk about bad movies all the time, right? About how bad movies still make a ton of money, but bad movies never get nominated for Oscars that we generally don't think of. But I mean, they like, they, they 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 tend to get like CGI award, like nominated for CGI, sure. which is fine. I mean, it's but, like I, I don't want to knock any of the movies I haven't seen yet, but let's take you know Top Gun Maverick and let's put it head to head against a movie like Women Talking okay and I don't want to knock it because Women Talking has Frances McDormand and you know she's a stellar actress and I'm sure it's very good would 99% of the audience walk out of either one of those movies going oh this was so much better than that movie Top Gun Maverick's going to win that fight <laughs> straight every, up right well, every, time, yeah. every yeah. time so but that's what I don't get is is See, that's just – I mean I want Top Gun to win because I think it made all the right choices and it was – it connected – those the people in that movie are real people. You know, someone – I mean no one in Avatar is real. I mean it's just – you know, they're, they are but they're not. Like everyone in Avatar is a superhero or, you know, Chris, I've been thinking about what you said about Jake Sully being a superhero and he's no different than Iron Man. He's someone that put on a suit of – you know, a suit and is able to do things he shouldn't be able to do as a human because he has a suit on. So, mm-hmm. I mean that's an interesting – um, the, one of the wild cards in here for me is All Quiet on the Western Front. That was a very I'm, good movie. I'm not saying it doesn't deserve it. It certainly does deserve to be on a list of this, you know, films being recognized for, you know, awesome, awesome uh, achievements. I also think that, I mean, when you, when you, if you ask me personally, this list becomes from 10 goes down to about four, if you ask me. And I, I mean, I haven't seen the Banshees of Inisherin, but the people I trust, at least two of my friends that I trust, said, Grayson, that's incredible. You're going to love it. So sure, we're going to talk about that next week. I mean, I wouldn't. I would not even put Avatar on this list. Way of Water wouldn't even have made the list. So, like, look, I I enjoyed Avatar very much. Thought it was an excellent spectacle of film. It's not. Doesn't deserve to be here. But I, I think know. that anymore, the nominations are only because, well, he's James Cameron. We got to give him something. Not so that saying me, that he's made movies I, in the past, but so I don't. I don't want to derail this conversation, but I want to ask you guys straight up. All right, since the last Oscars, what was your favorite? What was the? What do you consider the best movie that we watched the last year? Last year? Yeah, it's between I mean, now and since last Oscars. Me, Top Gun, hands down, Top Gun. The best film, I think. I think I scored Top Gun the highest, so I would have to say Top Gun. That would make the most sense. So Top I Gun's think a ten. I'm pretty sure we. I mean, actually, I know we all gave Top Gun the highest marks. But so I'm. I was going back through the last couple of minutes and looking at just the other show or the other movies that we watched in general, right? Like, let me go back a couple of weeks here just to see what we were talking about. If you all have forgotten, okay. So just over a month ago. Okay, we were talking about the original Avatar. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we all gave Avatar a pretty good score. Listen, do you think it's do you think it's the best picture we watched last year? Probably not, right? No, straight no. up, Grayson. No, no. Good movie, right? Good movie, fine film, excellent, looked fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's go back the next month. All right, this puts us to like right after Thanksgiving, early, you know, early December, right? Mm-hmm. In that time frame, looking through, you know what the, be- the the most fun movie we watched that whole time to me was Violent Night. Like, I'm not even fucking around. Like, okay. that was a very good movie, was, right? Yeah. All right, okay. that's okay. Okay, point. All right, point. point, point the point. only other movie on that list in that time frame, because coming that that puts us back to Black Panther, which we all weren't really that high on. Mm-hmm. We thought it was okay, but the movie The Menu is there. Thought The Menu was a pretty good movie, right? Yeah, I did. Grayson, 
Yeah, I, I thought the menu's a solid movie. As a matter of yeah. fact, the menu's exactly the kind of movie that I would no, I th- would expect to be on this list. Okay, that's kind of where I was going with this. So then, right before that, though, was All Quiet on Western Front, which we all gave a pretty good score of. And then there's a whole lot of not so great. Okay, you know, we got movies like Black Adam. We watched Memory with Liam Neeson, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which was a really fun movie. Okay, but nothing incredible. And then we're back all the way till like the end of April. And, you know, we're talking about Fantastic Beasts and the Secrets of Dumbledore. Well, okay, okay. I want to ask you, I want to, with along the same lines, you just asked a question. Can I ask you a Mm -hmm. question? Yeah, sure. So consider for a second Black, the, 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 the Black Phone. I don't think it's Morbius yet, though. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> so consider the Black Phone. Loved it. Loved Black Phone. Thought it was great. Yeah. yeah. And then consider Hustle from Netflix. Uh huh. Hustle, Hustle is very good. Hustle I didn't is... think about that. Sure. <sighs> okay. So honest question: What's better, Hustle or All Quiet on the Western Front? If you're only going to give the nomination to one for Netflix, I think Hustle was a better movie. Uh, that's a tough call because it's two very different types. I mean, listen, both of them are very good, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, I wouldn't, you know, I, I won't argue about the All Quiet on Western Front. Like, I, no, no, that's you know, damn I watched that movie. movie. It's pretty goddamn good. Yeah, so, that, 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 that one was up there for me. Well, so, Grace, let me ask you a question. You watched The Fablemans, right? I did watch it. I love if, The Fablemans. If you had to pick a movie between The Fablemans or Hustle, what do you pick? <sighs> the Fablemans, but only, only. It's only inching it out. It's not. It's just not. A, it's not an extraordinary lead or anything. It's barely. Okay. If you had to pick the menu or the Fablemans, what do you pick? The menu. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like I can't. And and those were just quick. You know. Yeah, sales. but I mean, listen. That that is no. That is no real in depth breakdown movie to movie there. But like, we have ten movies that we're nominated for. I can probably erase three or four of these off with just a snap of my fingers. Yeah. So. Oh no 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 you joke! Know, but I mean, I, okay. I wouldn't feel bad about that. One either. step further, and and we'll we'll move on in two minutes. I just one step further. I know this is going to be silly, but like, and I'm not saying best picture nom, but Ambulance. That's Michael Bay's best movie in a Ambulance decade. Ambulance was or more. a damn good movie. Uh huh. See, you you see where it's the water start to get a little murky here. Is now when I bring up Hustle versus All Quiet in the Western Front, you made a good point. They're two very different movies, scope mm-hmm. scale horrendously different. However, I think you can judge them on the same scale. But I think what Hustle set out to do was it was a better movie in its in its lane than All Quiet in the Western Front was in its lane. That well, was my let me, Hustle. Let, me, let me go a broader scale. Is Hustle or is Avatar: Way of Water better than Hustle as a not movie? A, not a chance. Right? Nope. It's not even close. Nope. Like Avatar was a spectacle. Okay, let, it me, was, let me ask you again. It was a slightly above average story, but like legitimately a spectacle. Okay, let me let me ask you again. Marry me. Again, those of you listening, Marry Me is a damn good movie. It's a damn good, you know, J Lo rom com. It was okay, yeah. It was okay, yeah. That's my point. Like it starts to get you're like, ah, where are the rest of these movies? But you can't you look you, you can't nominate twenty movies. But you, you apparently can nominate 10. You can nominate 10 movies that have a whole bunch of obscure things that no one's ever heard about on it, though. Why yeah, is that? You're, you're you know? right. You're right about that. So I just but, wanted to mention some of those. Even The Good Guys, which I'm sure did get a nomination. Um, what's uh, There's another. No- oh, I mean, now ask yourself, Pinocchio, the Guillermo del Toro, the well, Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio. I well, mean, I was I was going to go one better. Let's talk about Puss in Boots for two seconds. OK. Yep. So once again. 
they did the animated category as just the animated. Didn't give any love for the animated for the overall best picture, which I think is bullshit. Like that's that should not be a clearly defined thing. I would take Puss in Boots over at least two of the three movies that I have seen from the master Oscar best picture list. Yeah. As Puss in Boots is better than that. And here's the thing. You can't use the... It's hard to use the excuse, well, it's animated anymore. It doesn't matter. We're getting so far into the weeds on that that, you know, animation within your movies or animated movies are... are, They're going to be able to replace or stand in for all the things that you love about a standard movie, yep. you know, at, at some point, it's just happening. Some do it really well. There's some really emotional beats you can get from animated films as much as you can with people on film. Well, the problem with animation always gets is people always lump it in because it's animated that it's just a kid's movie. Yeah, I've that is that such a years. horseshit cop yeah. out. Yep. Oh, we're, 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 we're so far past that. That's the thing is like yeah, you, even, you have even to get the, over that. Even in the video game world, like, oh, it's great for a downloadable movie or for a downloadable game. Yeah, we're so far past that. What does that, that mean, bro? Yeah. Uh, well, like, <laughs> That's I, a good streaming service movie, bro. Yeah. Get out of my face. I deal with that with, <laughs> you know, I, I watch anime. Everyone's like, well, you know, those are cartoons or for kids. Like, No, they're yeah, not. You should... No, listen, are they cartoons? Yes, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. By but, definition, yeah. Okay, they, okay. Another one. will tell some of the hardest hitting stories you'll ever see. Can, can come from that. Oh yeah. Mediums, so. Okay. An- another movie we talked about in August, Dragon Ball. Yeah. We we rate we generally spoke very positive. I mean, we gave it an eight eight and a half. Like, mm-hmm. where is that in the conversation? I know it's maybe we're not there yet as far as like. Well, I mean, it's 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 amazing for a Dragon Ball movie, but how do you put it? I mean, it's it's a tough conversation to have. This is why that the not I mean the Oscars are a bunch of BS anyway. It always always have been, but I mean, maybe the last 25, 30 years they've been a bunch of BS. But I mean. I would put Puss in Boots over of the movies. That, hold on, one, two. I mean, it's better than Avatar. Three, four, five, six. I've seen six of the ten movies nominated. I would put Puss in Boots better than four of them. That's the thing. I yeah. won't listen. I won't knock any movie I haven't seen off that list yet. But yeah, I can tell you straight up, Puss in Boots is better than Elvis and Avatar. Oh, like hundred <laughs> percent. Like there's zero yep. doubt about what you just said. Okay, but we're okay. That's the best picture. That's going to be highly contended. Let's talk. Let's move on really, really quickly. Best director goes to Martin McDonough, Banshees of Inisherin, Daniel Kwan, Daniel Scheibert for everything, everywhere, all at once. Steven Spielberg, of course, for The Fablemans. Todd Field for Tar. Ruben Osland for Triangle of Sadness. Best lead actor. Austin Butler, Elvis. Colin Farrell, The Banshees of Inisherin. Brendan Fraser, The Whale. Again, The Whale. Like people said, that's one. That's a life changing movie. Well, see, so, The Whale didn't get nominated for Best Picture either. Did you well, notice no, that? Yep, no, it didn't. There was no way they were going to nominate for that, that for Best Picture just nope. because of Brendan Fraser. There's no way. Well, there's some. Brendan Fraser said something. I don't remember what it was, but he said something right before it came out that was. Probably not the smartest thing to say. I'll have to do some research on that. But I remember thinking, ah, Brendan, why'd you do that? Uh, Brendan Fraser in The Whale, Paul Mescal in After Sun, Bill Nye in Living. Another Living is one of those movies that we almost saw. We just didn't. We couldn't put into our schedule. Mm-hmm. I do um, love Bill Nye in everything, though. Dude's fucking yeah, he's, incredible. Yeah, he's great. Love him. Best lead actress, Kate Blanchett, Tar, Anna de Armas, Blonde, Andrea Riseborough to Leslie, Michelle Williams, the Fablemans, Michelle Yeoh, two Michelles this year, Michelle Yeoh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Best supporting actor, Brendan Gleeson, The Banshees of Sharon, Brian Tyree Henry, and Causeway. Causeway is on HBO Max with Jennifer Lawrence, if, I, if I've seen that. Judd Hirsch, The Fablemans, Barry Keoghan, The Banshees of Sharon, Ki Huai Kwan, everything, everywhere, all at once. Best supporting actress. Here's, now, here's also an interesting 
um, category. Angela Bassett, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Hong Shao, The Whale, Carrie Condon, The Banshees of Anna Sharon, Jamie Lee Curtis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Stephanie Hsu, Everything Everywhere All at Once. That's like the ninth comp nomination for Everything Everywhere All at Once. It ends up with like 11 or 12. Best Adapted Screenplay, All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Living, Top Gun Maverick, Women Talking. Best Original Screenplay, Banshees of Sharon, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Triangle of Sadness. And I'm I'm skipping the names. I'm trying to we're trying to we've been we're talking for a while, so I just want to get the nominations out there. We'll have another episode on this when we're trying to get the list out there. Best cinematography, all quiet in the Western Front, which probably I think in my mind probably deserves that. Uh, Bardo, False Chronicle, The Handful of Truths, Elvis, Empire of Light. Empire of Light, important to note, Roger Deakins, he is an Academy favorite. So, Tar, uh, Best Documentary, uh, we're not going to go over that one right now. Best, um, I didn't best, love that category. Best Film I always editing. love the documentaries. Okay, we'll, we'll do them. Best Documentary, Feature Film, All That Breathes, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, Fire and Love, A House Made of Splinters, Navalny, Best documentary short film, an elephant. The elephant whispers, whispers. Sorry, whisperers, whisperers. Haul out. How do you measure a year? The Mar- the Martha Mitchell effect, and Stranger at the Gate. Best film editing. Again, one of those like toss up, flip a coin five times. The Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Tar, and Top Gun Maverick. Uh, best international feature film, All Quiet in the Western Front. That's interesting how that's up for. That's interesting how that is. So it can't All quiet. win one without winning the other. Nope, no, it can't. All Quiet in the Western Front, Argentina, 1985, Close, EO, The Quiet Girl. I have seen Argentina, 1985. That movie is stellar. Damn, what was that for best picture? Uh, best original song, Applause from Tell It Like a Woman, Hold My Hand from Top Gun Maverick. Lift Me Up from Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Natu Natu from RRR, and This Is a Life from Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Best Production Design, All Quiet in the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, Babylon, Elvis, The Fablemans. Best Visual Effects, All Quiet in the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Batman, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Top Gun, Maverick. So, Chance he, of Batman was a damn good movie too. Yeah, it was. I'm, it's a tough one. Okay, here's the I want I want to spend a minute on this topic, and I want you guys each to chime in because I, I have something very controversial to say. Not controversial in a probably shouldn't say that on the show, but controversial as in this will be an interesting test kind of way. Best animated feature film: Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell with shoes on, Puss in Boots: The Last Witch, Wish. The Sea Beast and Turning Red. Now, which movie erasing Marcel and the Shell with shoes on? Because we didn't get a chance to watch that. But which movie of the other four is the weakest? I never watched Sea Beast. Sea Beast well, is the weakest of those of those choices. What's the next weakest? Turning Red. Turning yes. Red. Fact. One hundred percent. Hands down. Correct. But what's I'm, your point? What's your my, point? My point is the Academy loves Pixar. Has Pixar ever lost to that category? Yes. What did they lose to? Sorry, they may have. I didn't do my research. But Guillermo del Toro's <laughs> Pinocchio and Puss in Boots are 
so far ahead of that movie, it's in a whole different category. That's, yeah, that's my fine. point. So, yeah. but this this will be the test. Like, if they give it to Turning Red, it's, then it's just a popularity contest. It always is because Turning Red is not better than those other two that, movies. That one wouldn't win a popularity contest. I believe Puss in Boots has, Boots has made more money than it anyway. Yeah, but well, Turning Red is. Hold yeah, on, it's hold on. Streaming. Yeah. Think about Turning Red. Think about the controversy that might have been behind that movie. I'm not saying it was. Saying it might have been, depending on what circles you read in. I'm just saying that matters today more than it's mattered in the past 50 years before the past last four years. That matters today. All right. So best, how come you didn't say anything about best animated short film? I'm just my I'm just, my year of dicks is nominated. Well, yeah, whoa, that's correct. Um, <laughs> <laughs> best animated short film. The Never boy, told a joke. The boy, the mole and the fox and the horse. The flying sailor. Ice Merchants, My Year of Dicks, and Ostrich Told Me the World is Fake, and I Think I Believe It. Those could all be that's, porn That's all too. one word, the yeah. My Year of Dicks, the Ostrich Told Me the World is Fake. <laughs> all right. Uh, best Costume Design, Babylon. I think, it, I think this is enough. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, maybe like Best Makeup and then yeah. Best Score. Okay. Nope. Well, well Best Score I want to do. All Quiet in the Western Front, Babylon, The Banshees of Inisherin, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, The Fablemans. That's a tough one too. Um, you know, let's do best sound because that's the one we can also. All Quiet in the Western Front, Avatar: The Way of Water, The Batman, Elvis, and Top Gun Maverick. If Top Gun Maverick walks away with less than three Oscars, I'm going to lose all faith in the Academy because they're not giving it to what deserves it. Then what? If, what if I've Academy? never had faith in the yeah. Academy? <laughs> like so, like I used to. I, but why? Like they've given you no reason to give, like to have faith, have they? Well, like, because I'm, I like to believe that. I mean, I like to, I like to believe that things like in a school the teachers know best. I like to believe that. Okay, if these people, the academy, putting that in air quotes, tell me that's the best movie, then I'll believe them because I have no reason not to believe them. Two thousand six, those when. The Departed one, that was the first time I had lost major faith in the Academy. The first time. It's been it's happened a dozen times since. But that was the first time I was like, oh man, I thought you guys could do no wrong. And now I don't now it's grain of salt with everything you say. So that's just what I wanted. Some of those are I'm coming at it with some of those with a very emotional response. But I I do believe that that Top Gun should have a chance and Guillermo del Toro and um the other one should absolutely beat out Turning Red. Turning well, I, Red, I have no f- by all accounts, was a little better than average on, in every category. I mean, I have no fear that the, one of those two movies will beat that other category out anyway. And dear, uh, the um, Pinocchio movie has a, has the best shot because it's it's artistically weird, right? So like it's out of the box. It's it's, yeah. it's Hollywood, not ordinary. Hollywood does and, love artistically and they weird love stuff. Love that, right? They just yep. they love it. So they, that they, was gonna win. They eat it up for sure. Okay, but well, thank you, thank you for that discussion, boys. I know that was I was like I was like having like I was really nervous going into that, but I don't know why. Don't worry, was... cocaine bears cleaning house. Next <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hopefully that'd be awesome. It'll, it'll, it'll break the all time record for no, amount of nominations. It'll get fifteen a, a year from now. We're talking about how cocaine bear did three point six billion in, in, in <laughs> worldwide box office. Three point six. <laughs> People just couldn't get enough. Oh boy! All right, now nah, that's Mario. All right, let's talk about what's streaming this week. We are taking a look at Amazon. Uh, my movie is uh, a movie that I just recently got acquainted, reacquainted with. 
uh, The Bounty by director Roger Donaldson, Mel Gibson, Anthony Hopkins, Laurence Olivier, Daniel Day-Lewis, Liam Neeson, 1984. That is a hell of a movie. Um, I just rewatched it again. I was, again, I was floored. I, it's one movie that I immediately, after I watched it, I went right to my Apple and I found it and bought it so I can listen to it again. Holy crap. I know that's, that's a movie that I was introduced to in college. Uh, and just, so that cast list, Mel Gibson, Anthony Hopkins, Lawrence Olivier, Daniel Day-Lewis, Liam Neeson. Those are five of the heaviest hitters. That's a damn good movie that you got. You, Roger, you, you ever see that one or Chris? I don't think so. I have not. Man, it's a good movie. Uh, I, I don't want to, I want people to go watch it based on the cast. I don't want to talk about what it's about, but damn it. If you watch it, it, it's it's one of those movies you don't forget. All right. Um, ooh, Roger. Super bad by director mm-hmm. Greg Motola. Michael Sarah, Jonah Hill, Christopher Mintz Plass, Bill Hader, Seth Rogen, Emma Stone, Dave Franco, 2007. Tell us about that one. Super bad. Talk about a movie that should have won a fucking Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Super bad. Some of the funniest shit you ever see will never get made. A movie like this. Oh God, it'll never get. Yeah, we'll never see a movie like it at this point. No, no, this is this is just comedy from a bygone era. Is what this is. But like, look, you watch Superbad, you'll laugh. It's it's just funny. It's wildly inappropriate. It's raunchy as hell, and it's perfect. It gave us McLovin. It did. It did. The cultural phenomenon that became McLovin. Yep. So. Well, I mean, it's also, and I do this every once in a while, depending on who I'm sitting around with or who's in my vicinity that can hear me say when I'm like, I'll say, I'll say the following, you know, I used to draw dicks when I was a kid, you know, 8% of kids do. I just want to, in most of the time, people will start laughing because they know where it's coming from. And that's hilarious. Um, But we're never going to get that again. Same with movies like old school movies we've talked about in the past. We're just, it can't happen again. Just, so one just, of my yeah. favorite lines follows up with the rest of that. He goes, you know how many the foods are shaped like dicks? The best kinds. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. yeah are... No, he's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was the last time that Michael Sarah got billed above Jonah Hill. That's what I want to say about that, too. Yeah. Uh, well, true. But that's the movie that, man, if you saw, if you saw that Oscar movie. Oscar nominated Jonah Hill, by the way. That's true. Yes, that's true. Multiple Oscar noms. That is true. And Chris, Screamers by director Christian Duguay, Peter Weller, Roy du- Dupuis, Jennifer Rubin, Andy Lauer, 1995. I know we talked about this. Uh, it came up in topic a week ago, but or two weeks ago. Tell us about it. So I understand you guys have never seen this uh, this nope. banger of a film. So this movie's from uh, from my childhood, but it's it's I went back and revisited it. It's like sci-fi, like thriller horror kind of mixed together. It's and it's it's high B tier, right? It's not, it's not the best film of this time. That's why no one's seen this, but this movie is actually, if you just watch it for what it is, it's nine, it's like nineties fun in like a thriller horror kind of way with some sci-fi. There's some, there's some great questions asked about this when like, like these robots start to murder all of mankind and in the most terrifying of ways. And eventually they assimilate into the actual population. So it, it's one of those things where there's some great lines. There's some, some really creepy scenes going back and forth. You don't know who, you know, who's human, who's not. It's a very interesting film in that sense. And I, I think everybody should at least, you know, check it out. If that's what you're into. I, it, I like this film. I think it's, I think it's a lot of fun. I, I'm going to watch it because I got to be honest with you, Chris, the, the mid to late nineties are my favorite time for movies. And this well, is 95 so, right smack dab in the middle of it. Yeah. I mean, and, and basically like this film 
if you look at it the right way, it's it's better than Terminator, which is its direct competition back then. Oh, so. man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. I, I, how long were you holding that one in, Chris? Jeez. Uh, it's... It, it's 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 hard to hold in what facts are, but it, oh my goodness! They have, they have All right, we're moving out. on. We're moving on. Let's talk. <laughs> Sometimes he gets inspired. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some trailers. Let's talk about shrinking on Apple Plus and episodic with um, Harrison Ford. What's the other guy's name? I can't think of his name. Jason yeah. Siegel. Jason Siegel. Uh, to name two. What are we thinking about this, guys? Might be funny. Yeah, th- this is something I might, be, I might be able to get into. I'm uh, I'm big into into like psychology and. All, all that kind of stuff. So this is kind of interesting. I agree, and I Bill Lawrence is the guy who did Scrubs. I love Scrubs. It's it's a show I I, I swear yeah. by. I've watched through several times. I could definitely get. I mean, if if, if his name's behind it, I'm gonna get into it. So I'm gonna jump into that this week and see what I think. But there's not. I don't let too many shows creep into my must watch list because there's just too many movies to watch. Um. So, but so I hope it's captured my attention in that kind of way. So I, I hope it's worth my time because. Damn it, they they all can't be Ted Lasso, but I sure want them to be. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I'm Jason Siegel seems like the right choice for this role. The guy who's kind of had his life his his life recently shattered, his wife passing, and he is himself um, a therapist, and he's trying to help other people with his breakthrough, even though he does not have a way to get through his own breakthrough. Which I I love dark comedy, Roger. I know you're a huge fan of dark comedy too. Uh, Chris, I I know you're here for that. So I I'm there is there is kind of healing, and I'm speaking for my own, who's I've had to watch my mom almost die three times now. There is kind of a weird hope in you know desperate situations. And you I say hope, hope, I say catharsis. Well, both, but there is a weird kind of hope and catharsis in those kind of really really weird you know you just want your world to end kind of situations and i i really hope that this show captures that because that is that's the human experience none of us paint it as a fun family show well you you know what i mean but reasons to watch (laughs) bringing down the pod man let's talk about scream six and i'm good Well, hold on, hold on. I want to talk about this that this show on Apple for just one more okay, second. Okay. Doesn't this have almost like direct competition in another show that's come out recently, or is like airing right now, where um somebody is a therapist and he's seen another therapist, and that therapist then like takes his woman and starts like yes, and, like, like living I, his life. Who is? Yes, you're absolutely right about that. It's not that's an the show, Paul though. Rudd uh, Will Ferrell. Yeah, it is an Apple. It is an Apple show. It is an Apple show. Okay, so maybe they just had two decent ideas and couldn't decide, so they just lit them both. <laughs> They're like, fuck it, let's do it both. <laughs> Look, Apple's got the yes. money on hand, so that's for damn sure. Uh, that's that's a good point, Chris. It's, if you like one, you should like the other. So if you yeah. get one show you like, you might get a bonus second show you like. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Scream Six, everybody. Let's talk about Scream Six. Now, I'm a guy that follows the story and. I'm getting a little annoyed that this keeps happening because, again, if this were me, this wouldn't be an issue. He'd be dead. <laughs> I'm laughing because I know you guys are going to say whatever, but is this the same thing with Megan? And is this the same thing with Last of Us? And you being yes, of course it is. But Joel? It's, okay, so let's talk about the trailer for one second. <sighs> let's talk about Courtney Cox has a more central role, um, Gail Weathers, because. She's going to die in this one, and then Sydney will die in the next one to come. Uh, you know, it goes that way since we lost Dewey. Spoilers in the last one from a year ago. After he shot point blank 
the person in the in the chest with a magnum round and who got up and then stabbed him one minute later. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Dolph Lundgren in the 80s. You get shot with a magnum round in the chest wearing a bulletproof vest, you're not moving for a good 10, 15 minutes. You're just not. So let's talk about this for a second. No, you just have bruised ribs. Well, fine, but you have trouble breathing. At least they're going to hear you coming. So you can get, you know, anyway, but so let's talk about Scream 6. We follow our cast of characters from Scream 5. They are in New York being hunted again by someone who has some kind of connection to the past, won't reveal himself. It's the same guy voicing Scream. Well, this guy's got to be very happy about the paycheck. I'll tell you what. This is the Fuck same yeah, guy. Yeah, he does. Um, and let's, so, I mean, what, what are you thinking? I know, Roger, you're not huge into the horror stuff, and Chris, I don't know how much of a fan base you have for scream but what what are we thinking with this one well i mean i didn't hate the last scream movie i thought it was okay i like the idea between this one i like it being in the big city you know with other stuff going that way you know i, I like a smart killer you know it, there's nothing wrong with that and i've never listen i've never considered scream like scary scary it's just slasher which mm-hmm. you know it is what it is but like I didn't, I didn't hate the last one. I do, I do think it's weird though that we're getting the last scream came out legitimately a year ago. Um, it was uh, January twenty second was yeah. its release date, so we'll get our second scream movie in what fourteen months. Yeah, so that's kind of nifty. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. Although we'll these can't out. be, these can't be. Ter- they, I mean, they can't be hard to shoot. I mean, once you get your scream, I mean, you just you, you go 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 go. I mean, it's not gotcha. that tough cut to watch to shoot. So but- like. Ever since we saw the the teaser for this, I've actually been on board with this with this scream. I don't like scream. I you know I'm not a big I'm not big on slasher movies. I've never liked the scream franchise. I've never been a fan, and I didn't like the last one we saw. But this, ever since we saw that teaser, I was like, okay, this looks like they might be trying something different. We'll have to wait till the movie comes out. But if they go with a more serious horror like feel for this movie, I think that's like the best thing they could do for the for what they're trying to like. I guess transform this franchise a little bit, change it up. Yeah, exactly. I think this being more horror side of things and less slasher would be wonderful. And it like it needs to feel menacing. It needs to make you, you know, anticipate what's going to happen instead of just waiting to see the next kill. I like what this seems like they're doing. We'll have to see how they execute it, though. Sure, but I'm actually on board for this. I think this looks way better than the last one we saw already, just by the trailer alone. Well, the the, the important I think, Chris, you're missing the important takeaway is the last one didn't suck. <laughs> and that was i mean it was okay i i think the first scream is a masterpiece i will legitimately give 96 scream masterpiece status i think that movie is one of the best in that genre i don't think it's been topped since um i thought the second one was a joke the third one eh, kind of knew what it was uh but i can't think of a a fourth one i really didn't like i thought that was also just more of a reason to they're catching it on something the fifth one was okay with Huey and everything and brought new characters back. I like how they brought Billy Loomis back in the fold, uh, brought Brilliant Stew back, which I mean, following is this one going to be a descendant of Stew or someone that was related to Stew Mocker? Who knows? But it's, I mean, I'm excited because it's Scream. I'm not excited because they keep killing this franchise further. Pardon the pun, but oh well, that's why I'm upset about this. But it only uh, goes down before it goes up, baby. That's true. Uh, let's talk about You People on Netflix, which we've talked about a teaser recently with Jonah Hill, Eddie Murphy, and Neil Long. Now we get an actual trailer, which is all kinds of inappropriate, and that's the best kind of comedy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what are we thinking, boys, of You People? Might be funny. Could be funny. 
Looks funny. I, could be I, terrible though. I'm mm-hmm. so excited for David Duchovny. I haven't seen him in anything for a long time, and it's it's time he come back. I I think he's going to be great. Um, Julia Louis Dreyfus is that who that is? Julia Louis Dreyfus is. I think also going to be hilarious. I feel like a movie like this is made and the script is written to skirt as close to over the line and appropriate as possible without actually going over the line. I mean, it can just go over the line anymore. There is no line. Hmm. Well, I mean, Netflix doesn't have to answer anybody, so they don't have to answer it. There is no God here. (laughs) (laughs) So I just, I think it's going to be an interesting watch and I can see people not being okay with it, but look, it's comedy. I don't think anyone should ever be offended by comedy from a comedy show or a film, but that's just my personal thing. But I can see how people would. But I'm I'm all here for it. It's it, it came out uh, the 27th, which is two days yep. ago from the recording of this. So I hope people have watched it and like it. I want Eddie Murphy to come back. I've always been kind of rooting for him to come back into the limelight. Was that Eddie Murphy? Yeah. Okay. It it, I did want to say something. That sounds sounds stupid, but okay. I thought that was him. Eddie Murphy, Neil Long. Um, yeah, it's got quite a few characters, or quite a few people. Jonah Hill, David Duchovny. Um, yeah, it's got quite a few, which is good. Good, good, good. Uh, all right, we're all on board for Shrinking Scream 6 and you people? Yep. All so right. far. Thumbs up around the board so far. All right. We have gone long in the tooth, Roger, but let's give Plane, uh, let's give Plane a good 15 or 20. I'll say we'll give we'll give Plane a, a short, short little burst. Chris will be uh, asking some questions on this guy. Didn't get a chance to see it during his vacation. He did so. not. I will say though, Chris, I think you'd fucking dig plane, buddy. Yeah, I think you'd yeah. dig it. I really well, you guys talk I really about. It, I think so too. Yep. All right, so let's get some particulars out of the way, Roger. If you could be so kind as to get the Metacritic, I'm going to run tomatoes. Gotcha. The tomato meter is sitting at seventy-seven percent, and the audience score ninety-four. Keep in mind that's a those are better numbers than some of the best picture nominations have. Ninety-four. Jeez. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Not saying good, good. not saying Rotten Tomatoes is the be all end all of everything, but I'm saying. Numbers are what they are. So, sixty-two on Metacritic. Sixty-two, not so great on Metacritic, but eh, it's above average for Metacritic. It is indeed. So let's get into some particulars from Plane, a movie that I thought was going to be kind of a throwaway movie. Listen, I thought this is going to be a trash Gerard <laughs> Butler beat him up. I really did, but it's <laughs> yeah. listen, it is that. Yeah, yeah. But like in the, the best, best co- yeah, yeah, in the best way, absolutely. All right, Gerard Butler as Brody Torrance, Mike Coulter as Louis Gaspar. Yosin Ann as Dell, Tony Goldwyn as Scarsdale, Daniela Pineda as Bonnie, Paul Ben Victor Hampton, Remy Adelke as Shelbeck, Joey Slotnick as Sinclair, uh, Evan Dane Taylor, excuse me, a little pop came up, as Jumnar, uh, and some others directed by Jean Francois Richet, uh, written by Charles Cumming. Roger, what's Plane about? Uh, plane is about a plane. And this plane gets struck by lightning, um, ends up crash landing in a remote area of the Philippines, um, which isn't the worst thing in the world, except you find out the island that they land on is uh, degovernmented. Like the government won't even go there because it's run by separatists. And so they got to get off the plane. The, the, Filipino, hit- the Filipino army won't go there because they, yep. they, they, they just can't control it anymore. So they've stopped right away. So uh, the air... The airline sends in a group of mercenaries to go get them out. And yes. <laughs> there we go. So let's talk about Gerard Butler for one second. Is I, th- I think he's got to be a major talking point of this. So, Well, yeah, it's his movie. Well, it, it certainly right. is. Um, Gerard, so 
Okay, Gerard Butler has been in recently. Plane, Last Scene Alive, which we didn't we, we didn't watch. I I watched that. I I really dug it. Again, it's one of those movies that it just like I expected an average middling action film, and it's a lot more than that. Uh, let's talk Greenland and Cop Shop were twenty twenty and I loved Cop Shop. I mm-hmm. thought Cop Shop was fucking awesome. Cop Shop was good. Cop, Cop Shop, Shop was owns. a lot of Cop Shop was a lot of fun. <laughs> Uh, who directed? I remember that that being who directed that. That oh, I that did. was Joe Carnahan. That's that's right up his alley, Joe Carnahan. All right, I did not. <laughs> White lie there. So Greenland, yes. I just rewatched, and another kind of the world is coming to an end with Gerard Butler. He has to get his family into a bunker. I forgot how strong that score was, how emotionally driven that score was. Amanda Bacharin's the wife, and let me so we just talk about the first few minutes of that right away. Is we start with him in Greenland as a construction foreman, a coordinator, whatever the, his job was. He's obviously under some mental anguish. Keeps looking at his phone, picture of his wife. The guy who's one step beneath him says, boss, go home. We've got this. Was he an architectural? He was really dumbed down yeah. what he was. He was an okay, architectural, architectural engineer. engineer. Okay, fine. Okay. <laughs> he's a construction guy. <laughs> like he's fucking hanging drywall. <laughs> Motherfuckers <laughs> building skyscrapers. <laughs> All right. Architectural engineer. He goes home. And we see the mental anguish as some shots on the way home. And then he gets out of his truck, parks on the driveway, walks to his door, and he... His keys don't work. His keys... No, no. His keys work, but he goes to ring the doorbell, but then he stops himself, goes to knock, stops himself, and just uses his keys to go in. What's that tell you? He feels like a stranger in his own home. Um, so we've, we've gotten so much information. He, he walks in, goes upstairs to his wife, who's on the treadmill... And not happy with him, which also indicates that she has moved on, readying herself for what what might come down the road. They're not in a good place. All that in the first few minutes. I was very – I forgot how impressed I was with that movie. Um, and the emotional score that is to, to, to go with it, oh my – I don't know how people weren't talking about Greenland more in 2020, but the pandemic hit and everything got crazy. It's like we're not talking about plane no more. Yeah, right. Uh, well, uh, let's talk – there's one more thing about – Gerard Butler is the angel or the has fallen trilogy so far, which is soon to be a, a quadrilogy. Mike Banning is back. <laughs> Mike, Mike back, Banning is baby. <laughs> so he's, I mean, of course he started fame with 300. That wasn't his first move, but that was the first one of the world. That's why I launched him in yeah, like stardom, right? So that, I mean, he's been in a million things since, you know, we forgot about Geostorm, Den of Thieves. <laughs> we did not forget about Geostorm. <laughs> it's just a piece of shit. It is. Same, same with Gods of Egypt. Not great, but a ton of movies between he's he's a he is absolutely he's a worker man. He, he'll get paid. Mm-hmm. So okay, Gerard Butler. So let's talk about playing. Is not adverse to a paycheck, Gerard Butler. <laughs> no, 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 no. But Law Abiding Citizen too. I'm wonderful. Like, like, I like Law Abiding Citizen. It's one of those morally fuck, really. morally gray movies where like you don't really know who's in the right, who's in the wrong because you no, like you, you're really guys. cheering for just awful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and of course, that weird fan of the opera movie, which he didn't quite fit nope. the bill, but they just you know gave it to him because I'm sure he was a very strong presence. But so so okay, Gerard Butler is he getting too old to do these roles, Roger? Let me no, ask. No, I you. think so. Like, I, I know what you're meaning, but I think in a movie like Plane, I think he's perfectly aged for that because you can tell like back in the day, and he actually brings it up like he used to be in the this uh, the uh, the RAF, the Royal Air Force. You know, used to be in a lot better shape, and you know now he's flying commercial airlines you know yep. he's like he's second still... tier second tier commercial routes yeah like, n- not even like main routes it's just he's like off in the third world somewhere. no he's flying what was he flying like hong kong to uh um... trailblazer yeah hong kong to manila or something 
No, to uh, Japan, like Tokyo or something. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hong Kong to Japan. That's right, that's right. Okay, yeah. And, yeah, so he's not even like a a route that, you know, pilots at the top of the list get. But mm-hmm. he's having trouble with his daughter. He wants to see his daughter. He's recently lost his wife. Um, again, it's kind of similar to... I, I just love that character, the, the the broken guy who finds kind of a finds a redemption in what he does, how the movie unfolds. Uh, but so... This, what this movie does, I thought was pretty clever because I know Gerard Butler's getting up there. He's not young anymore. He's he's getting up there. Is he doesn't do the heavy lifting in this movie? With I mean, all not, the fire, not the a whole lot fight. of it. No, he he's got a couple. He's got a real one on one fight scene that you can tell. You know his character. He's not in the best shape. You know he's not some like killing machine. You know he takes some damage and and that sort of stuff. But that's what we got our boy Mike Coulter here. <laughs> um with his gigantic arms. He, <laughs> so look, legitimately, he spends three quarters of this movie in like a cut off sleeveless shirt. Yeah. And it's just it's just massive. Just gigantic, man. He is. Man. And the whitest teeth I've ever seen. That's he does sure. have some very white teeth. He has some, he has some white pearly whites. That's for damn sure. Well, I mean, because here's the thing, like Mike Coulter is a dark skinned dude. So his teeth really stick out of like very, very white. So. Um, I also love Mike Coulter, by the way. I've never seen him be bad in anything that he's had a major role in. All right. You know, with his uh, his Netflix stuff that he did for, like, the Defenders and all that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's playing Luke Cage. I think he's a hell of an actor. Yeah, I liked him as Luke Cage a lot, actually. He was jacked in that, too. He's, I swear to God, <laughs> he's bigger now. Like, I don't know how it's <laughs> fucking possible. He's just a big dude. So what do you think the pitch for this was? Right? Like how do you how long do you think it took to get Gerard Butler on board for this? Seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> say probably not long, right? I was gonna say less than like I bet you the phone call took about fourteen seconds. Hey Gerard, ten million. You don't do all the heavy lifting. You're a pilot. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> like he it's I imagine by the movies he chooses now, but he's it's interesting because he's had some creative input in some of these movies too, which makes me think he's trying to find a bigger role than just being the lead. He's maybe moving he's trying into to producing. find that second paycheck. Of course he is. I mean, he would be, he'd be foolish. Not Why to. wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah of course. No, so, well, the movie. Okay. So they crash land on an Island. He's the pilot. He feels responsible for his crew. Uh, and they're in a, they're in, they're in a bad situation, which gets worse and worse and worse it keeps getting worse there's no rules there it's third world there's there's no police force of any kind there's no military of any kind it's just no bad, bad news bears mm-hmm. and when they crash land one, one thing i want to talk about we always i always find very impressive those long kind of unedited fight scenes as the scene you referenced already roger is he has a mm-hmm. tussle when he goes in the jungle he tries to find a phone he does and he gets attacked from behind and it's got to be like a three or four minute slog around a room where two men are just going at it right i mean yeah it's so, I mean, impressive they're, they're just beating each other you know like it's like awkward like they're not exactly fighters but you know somebody's got a little bit of strength so he uses it to his advantage like that sort of thing but it's um, I, I always love those scenes and i always make sure to point those out because they're just they're fun to do and then with the camera guy and the sound guy it's it's those are not the easiest things to coordinate and i i, I appreciate when movies do those because I watch them for the minutes that they are, but that probably took three or four days to get right. Hmm, I mean, that took tons of practice, tons of hitting your marks, tons of everyone being coordinated and safety. And look, those aren't not easy to do. So I look, I just appreciate those. I like to point those out whenever we can. Yeah, no, I get you. 
Um, um, uh, before we get to one thing, before I, I want to talk about how I appreciated the uh, the crash scene mm-hmm. about how um, they get like really technical. Because I wanted to ask about that because you know you have movies like World War Z where the plane crashes and the one like one character miraculously survives, but like all the people are like most of the people I would assume are okay. Okay, so crash crash is not the right term. Okay, he lands this thing blind. Okay, on his wheels wings intact like legitimately lands it with no avionics no power nothing like he can barely steer the goddamn thing when he lands it so okay. it got struck by lightning so it lost all the okay all the computers and everything gotcha. and that's why they went down and so he, up, he's going analog then pretty much gotcha. and so much so that um they had to dump the fuel out just in case if they did tip they didn't want it to explode mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So it was really neat how they did it because, like, they did, you know, they couldn't see anything because they're flying at night through a storm mm-hmm. and they're trying to get the altitude up so they can glide longer and and that sort of stuff. So it, it was nifty how they because they had to do like manual calculations on the fly. He's like, you know, we're on battery power. We have maybe 10 minutes. He's like, start a timer 10 minutes and count it off. So it like 10 minutes and 26 seconds, like there was no more power. Hmm, and okay. like, that was kind of cool yeah. how they did that. So yeah. I, I appreciate things that, listen, I have no idea if that's real or not, but yeah. that feels real as hell to me. Yeah. Cause like you get that like built in tension to make sure that, Hey, maybe this thing's not going to crash and they end up finding land. Like it's cause like they, they don't have nav yeah. at all. So like they have no idea where they are. Yeah, they're thinking they're going to have to land in the water and that's like worst case scenario. Yeah. And they find a hat, you know, an island and just kind of milk it along. They find a road that they can kind of land on. And, they, you know, listen, they knock some treetops, mm-hmm. but <laughs> okay. they, he puts it down in one piece. It's in a believable way that's acceptable in, like, the movie sphere, which, yeah, which, no, which it's, feels better than, ah, uh, everyone's okay. Yeah, it's not like they bounce it off the ground. It rolled over and everybody came out. So not belted. Jurassic Park style crash landing, but, you well, know, something that was acceptable for the audience, which is good. A movie, I think. I couldn't help but reference was flight with Denzel Washington. Sure. Do you remember that? How he, he landed a plane, but he like, he flew it upside down and then turned it over. Like he had to do all these crazy things to land the flight, but to get get everything leveled out. Yeah. It turns out he was drinking like the whole thing. Yeah. It was his fault though. And they, and like from, from like the get go, cause he was drinking or something. But it made me think also what, to what you just said, Roger, when I watched flight, I also thought, you know, I don't know if any of this is even, is any real or can't, it's even possible, but damn it. The movie makes it, it Feels makes like me it think like it could that could be your thing. Same mm-hmm. with Sully, if you remember that with Tom Hanks. Yep. Sully's um, a weird movie, though. It is. It is. It's, it's not Sully and Fight. Isn't that the one that's head. like it's like based on the true story of the guy who mm-hmm. land, who lands in the Hudson? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, that's yeah. Him. And like, what happens? It's more about what happens after that. So yeah, yeah. How it's how it's like all the media stuff like kind of takes over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same with so. Flight, though. But this one is also of those three movies. I was most impressed by this one is because it feels real to me. Like you just said about the 10 minutes. He's like, count it down. If we're going to do this, we have to do it. You know, because there's a moment where they, the co-pilot looks at him and he, he says, well, we can die or we can go for it. What do you want to do? And it's like an interesting, he's like, okay, take the stopwatch, count it down. Like that to me was an interesting way to write this character. And I want to Brody Torrance. He has kind of a history of, yeah. So he used to fly higher up. A higher up class thing, but he took care of a drunk passenger. The guy punched him in the face as he was trying to get him to settle down when they were flying. He choked his ass out, like put him in a headlock and put his ass to sleep. Hell Which, yeah, look, brother. Look, fucking awesome. <laughs> like that prick ruined a continental flight for me. He can go to sleep for yep. a while. It's fine. I don't care. I love how Honestly, he, punched him. he punched him 
the pilot Jack he or Torrance, and then he goes down and comes right back up and just punches the guy with an anvil for an hand, and then just mm-hmm. chokes him out. And yep, but that's that, that's 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 important. Hits him with like later. Mortal Kombat uppercut, like the. That's right. <laughs> what I also love about this is the other side of it. Now, watching the trailer, okay, good. This is a good viewpoint, Chris. So we're watching the trailer. The guys in the boardroom. Who do you? I want to get your take on who you think they are just in the trailer that we watched. Whenever it cuts to a boardroom and and then they're talking about options, oh, how are we gonna? I, I, I don't know. Friend like, or foe? It the feels like they're. It feels like they're foe by the trailer, but like okay, so but the like if they're not foe, then they're they're trying to get them out of there, and you know they have some they have some way to watch them. But it just it it feels awkward in the trailer though. So they have a corporate crisis management guy that kind of steamrolls the whole room. Mm-hmm. Like this is what's going on. This is what we have to do. Okay. And he's doing like media spin, like get you know get a copy of this, this, and this ready of this scenario. He's like, I need three three stories for every scenario. Well, I mean, yeah, seriously, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, yeah, he's like, if we land it, if we crash it, if they all die, he's like, I need to, we got to be ahead of this, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And he's the same guy that's on the phone to the mercenaries because where they're going, they can't send like seals or anything. Okay. So he's like, I got a team based here that, you know, they'll be there in four hours and they parachute in and they're like, we'll work on getting them out on the backside once we get everybody together. And that dude's running the whole show and he's very competent. Okay. And he's. Oh. The thing was, it's refreshing because, spoiler, he's not a bad guy. Like, it's not some, like, weird, we're, I'm just doing this for the see, money and I can be bought and sold. Yeah, like, see, the way the trailer makes it play, like, that character you see, you think, okay, he's he looks like a good guy, but he'll end up being a bad guy at some point kind of thing. And he's okay. just the straight shooter all, all the right. way through. Well, he, see, listen, he commands that fucking boardroom. Hmm, well, see, that's right. what I liked about it is, Chris, if you haven't seen it, you, can, you have an interesting perspective going into this. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. He's... I, I see the thing is when if you if you look at the script Roger if you if you break down what we have is you've already got the more the the guy whose compass is Morley North which is uh which is the main character um Brody Torrance you can't have mm-hmm. two guys like that so the guy in the boardroom is he's like I don't care how we play this but tell me now so we can start spinning it he's he's kind of morally gray but then when they commit to we should probably make this right then he's like, okay done let's do this I got um, a team of guys it's going to cost you six million. Yeah, and he's just like, they'll need the money before they jump. And he's like, okay. That's Tony Goldwyn, though, is what I love about Tony Goldwyn is uh, he is, if you've seen, um, what's the movie or uh, the show with um, Kerry Washington? There were gladiators, not gladiator, but like, ah, uh, what's the show? It's, um, I can't think of his name. I'll, I'll think of it. It's him. And anyway, he's the president, Fitzy, the, the, the president. And it's, He's kind of a he's kind of a shitbag, but you love him the entire time in that show. Uh, he, he's having an affair with um, Kerry Washington's character. He's a president. It's like he's kind of a shitbag, but that's why I like this guy, Tony Goldwyn, because he always plays his characters are like kind of amoral in a way. They're not always the best kind of guys. But look, if you know your if you know your role, if you know what parts you want, then by, by all means, keep doing it. But that's why I like that guy is I knew going in that I don't think he's going to be a villain, even though the trailer makes him seem like a villain is because he's not it's not the it's not the role that he plays. Well, and, and then we have the whole Louis Gaspard character of Mike Coulter, who he's on the plane because, you know, the marshal service has flagged him down and he's being returned back to the United States for murder. And you find out that he killed some guy in like a fight, you know, 20 years ago. 
and he left the country, joined the French Foreign Legion, and you know, learned his whole craft. Like, dude's a killer. Hmm. Like, Stone Cold knows how to handle a weapon, is good in physical, you know, good in hand-to-hand combat, not a moron, you hmm. know, and you find out that he's very useful, and when he gets a little bit of trust, he does it, and um, that character works really well in conjunction with what Brody Torrance, old uh, Gerard Butler's got going on in the plan. I mean, the real short version of because we're not going to talk very much longer about this, because listen, this movie's fun. You should check it out. It's a pretty decent movie. Um, every part of this is semi-realistic, right? There's nothing okay. over the top like this would never happen. This would never happen. This would never happen. I mean, the plane lands. They get picked up by the, the separatist group. They're going to be ransomed off. Like, that's what's going to happen. And there's just enough realism here. Like they find a camera that they've been recording where they were abducting people off the mainland anyway and killing them and, you know, ransoming them back, basically. Like that's what they've been okay, doing. Yeah. It's not, and it works. So the mercenaries come, they end up pulling everybody together and they shoot it out with the bad guys until the plane, land, plane leaves. And I don't want to spoil what happens after that, but like that ending sequence with the getting the plane going again is awesome. Like I thought it was one of some of the coolest shit I've ever seen in a plane based movie. It's kind of it's nifty. And I watched a guy just smash like six dudes with a fucking Barrett 50 cow. Oh, dude. Like, all right. Just, yeah, dude. I was, right. I was so Chris. I wanted to tell you that. So but I didn't want to spoil it, but it does he, turn into he shoots a guy through a car and it kicks him back like 15 feet and he bounces like, yeah, yeah. I like thing, any film or media or game where dudes are getting wasted with 50 cats. I mean, he I'm first okay off, he, t- he disables the vehicle, the straight engine block mm-hmm. shot, yep. and then he just dis- dis- disables them. So <laughs> it's just unpleasant for those folks. Oh, man. Is, I love seeing those. I love when those get used uh, in movies. Booming rifle shots. and just... They're a lot of fun. What So what this movie does turn into for, and I wanted to tease and Chris And not everybody with, lives in this movie, which is nice, okay. too, by the way. Yep. Well, what I wanted to tease Chris with, is, and we knew he wasn't, he told us early he wasn't going to be able to watch it, is I, I knew he loves, I mean, anyone listening to the show with Chris Benon knows he loves movies like uh, Tears of the Sun, Black Hawk mm-hmm. Down, competent military shooters. And for a part of this, you know, decent chunk of this movie, it is a very competent military shooter. They don't just shoot endless bullets from mag like they continually nope, they have, to, have reload. to reload okay the ammo becomes a problem when they multiple have to go run out of ammo yeah multiple people and of the mercs that come help them to save them you know not everyone makes it back two or three are, are, are wounded pretty severely and it's it's a real scenario i think which is what i was worried about oh they're all gonna get away and no one's gonna, like no no it's a real scenario and mm, okay Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I'm not going to. But what happens to Coulter's character? How that plays out? I actually love how that plays out, and the fact that we never. You know how like if this movie, if this film was made in the '90s, Roger, or even early 2000s, the same, the same movie, we would have had some big come to Jesus moment in the end where he's like, you know, I did it, but I didn't mean to. In this movie, we never find out what he. We never get any kind of detail on Col- nope. what he did, and it's fine by me. And oh, I okay. kind of am better with it like that because. It's more fun when you don't know the one guy that's keeping all the people you want alive to be alive is kind of, well, what's his story? Well, we, we don't know what his story is, and that's what makes it more fun. Mm-hmm. And one, th- one conversation I will say before we start wrapping it up is one conversation I was really excited for, and I, I see these coming from, you know, sometimes not miles away, but minutes away, is after they land the plane and uh, Torrance and his his co-pilot are, they did the calculations and they realize where they are and they realize that they're in very third world, unfriendly territory is mm-hmm. 
when he goes over to Coulter's character, Gaspar, with the handcuffs, and they have a conversation. It didn't go the way I thought it was going to go because there were there were several. And this is probably the movie not wanting to go there, deal with the reality. But they have several very attractive people on board. And I, one thing I wanted him to say was because the guy that's escorting him gets removed from the plot. Let's just, let's just say he gets removed from the plot by the time the plane's landing to when they land and they're okay. Is I wanted him to look at Gaspar and say, you know, I don't know what you did, but if you don't help us, everyone here will die in a terrible, terrible way. So I need you for a little while. Yeah, but we didn't get any corny ass shit like that. No, we, that's I fine mean, by me. Uh, I, I could have stood for one or two of those conversations, but after the movie plays a little bit longer, you realize why we don't get that conversation and I'm okay with it. Yeah. Brody um, Torrance don't fuck around. <laughs> um, <laughs> here's the thing about, playing. I mean, his name is Brody Torrance. That's well, okay. so strong. Okay. Okay. And the name, okay. <laughs> what score do you give Brody Torrance as a name? Like an eight and a half for a Scottish guy. That's strong. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Keep in mind. What's a his- Scottish pilot. Oh Yes. I think that was his name in a uh, playing for keeps too, Brody, but I can't, I can't, I don't want to look that up, but it's fine. Listen, that's um, a very Scottish with, name. By with the way. Brody Torrance being an 8.5 is Cade Yeager a zero or a negative one? seven. <laughs> okay. Negative so okay. 15 and a half points below Brody Torrance. <laughs> Fair. Um, one thing I did want to is I expected this movie and we'll next minute. We'll, we'll ask for scores, Roger. But one thing I went into the, the plane was about was I, ex- I really expected plane to be one of those, Eh, five, take it or leave it. I really expect to be this kind of a run-of-the-mill movie with Gerard Butler, and I'm very happy to say we got a lot more than we paid for on this one. We did. It's it's a better movie than what most people would think. Well, so I think the trailer does it a disservice because the trailer makes it look like a buddy shoot 'em up movie. Okay. With yeah. with you know a you know a rated R buddy shoot 'em up movie with Mike Coulter and Gerard Butler. And first off, that should be enough. <laughs> but the movie's the movie's deeper than that and it's and it's like for the good like it really is good because of that so i mean look man i'm here for it i agree chris this is of all the movies you could miss this is probably one you didn't want to miss to talk I, think about. You, I think you'll dig this movie for real i, okay. I, I really yeah. do I'll, I'll go ahead and score first if you all want right. me to Grayson. Sure, sure. so i think this movie's like a seven and a half man this movie is good um this is a movie after I watched it. I thought, you know who loved this movie? My dad would love this okay, movie. Okay, there you because go. Because, like, yep. listen, my dad, and I've talked about him a few times on the show, does not exactly have, listen, I'm not saying I'm some sort of movie fucking elitist here, but we, we have different views on what's good in the movie and what's not good in the movie at this point in our lives. What? Two separate points in our lives. <laughs> I think he'd dig this movie for the same reason that I did. And I think that's important, you know. Listen, he'll watch it. He'll watch a Western shoot him up any day. <laughs> so... I think uh, you get a little bit more depth to it. This is the kind of movie that's like perfect for him. So mm. I was here for it. Yeah, it's fine by me. Seven and a half. It's good. Good. <laughs> yeah, I was going to go not too much below you, but just a seven. Uh, I, again, I thought a lot of the elements that work that play that, uh, play here work very well together. I think once again, Gerard Butler is the glue that holds this together. Not to, not to say anything bad about Tony Goldwyn or Will Coulter, but I think it was. This is one of those rare cases where it had to be Gerard Butler or like two or three other dudes. You don't have many people that could have done this. And it No. They they have to have a certain a certain charisma and on-screen presence that like not many guys in Hollywood have, especially like, you know, Gerard Butler 
he just always has that weird kind of Mike Banning charm that we love. And I mean, that's just who he is. I mean, he, his name might as well be Mike Banning at this point, Ron mm-hmm. Gerard Butler. But I thought I was pleasantly surprised. I found myself laughing. I was sitting on the edge of my seat when you, so I don't want to, I'm not going to say, but when you referenced earlier, how they get the plane back in the air, man. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. God, it was so, it was so interesting how they did that. And again, how, and not everyone makes it out. I appreciate that. I, this is a lot of fun. This is uh, this is if you're into action movies, especially guy action movies, this is not a bad one. It's actually one of the on on the upper end of the scale. So I'm I'm here for it. And I don't know why this movie got buried. I really don't understand. This movie's gonna have a decent showing. I bet you this movie has a very decent viewing on streaming for a long time. Yeah, I, guess, I can't wait yeah. to watch this again. For yeah, real. I was gonna say I, I'm excited for it to come out on streaming. This is one of those movies that you know people missed, and for you guys, let's just take your work for example. You 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 walk in you're like, hey dude, and you tap him on the sh- like you you know use your you backhand him in the shoulder. Hey dude, check out Plane with Gerard Butler. Movie fucking owns. Check that out. Like, <laughs> can't you? Isn't that the kind of movie, Roger, that you would do that with? Like, I mean, I did it for you guys. <laughs> so <this movie> fucking <laughs> owns. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm like, yeah, I'm I loved playing and we don't get enough good action movies like this. Competent nope. military shooters with some cool plane stuff going on, mm-hmm. which the, the the name plane could be a little misleading because it's not really about it. I mean, it is there's a plane in it, but it's more the planes about the fucking on. star, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, but um, also oh, how yeah. is, is Trailblazer like you do, do you think the person writing this was just like, yeah, insert generic flight? Well, I mean, you, you couldn't be there. like. Jet blue, like they're gonna be like, no, 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 that's not gonna ever happen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but yeah, so I'm very like, no, sir, we will not be using our real, (laughs) our real company here. (laughs) No, we don't. We we don't want to pay for it. But yeah, no, I'm very happy with it. So, all right, gentlemen, this has been episode 315A of For the Love of Cinema. A movie podcast. Each new episode posts every Tuesday morning and Friday morning at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two. Rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. But more importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. I'm Christopher Baum. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Always posting things on social media, Facebook and Twitter. And send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're taking a look at the Banshees of Inisherin on HBO Max and Shotgun Wedding on Amazon Prime. So if you are following us, then two movies you don't have to go anywhere to watch. Yes. If you have those services, anyway. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>